Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here, back with Tom and Ed. We took a week off, but we're back and we're fired up. You two are always fired up these days. <laughs> what are you talking about, Ed? You're the one who's always fired up. Something's always well, gotten yeah, under your skin. True. Well, I will say that I stay perpetually fired up, but you two lately have been <laughs> on one. So we got three fire ants up in this piece. <laughs> you know, everyone's been in such a battle mode recently, so it was time to get together and not have any fighting going on. It's just the love of R&B. These R&B battles actually have been great for the genre, but I'll let you guys debate on that in a bit. But I have a little battle of my own. Who's ready for some R&B trivia? Oh, oh we're just boy. starting out with this? <laughs> we're starting out with a bang, guys. Okay. So, guys, we love our late 90s, early 2000s era, right? The Y2K era. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, minus some bow-wow. Okay. Calm down. Uh, And, Uh Ed, we love the ladies, right? Yeah. And and Tom loves the ladies, too. Uh, And we want to show love to the ladies. So, the R&B trivia for today... I'm going to name an R&B album that came out in that era from a female artist, and you're going to give me the album title. So wait a minute. Are you going to name the artist, or are you going to name the... Like, what are you going to name? I'm going to name the artist. You give me the title. Okay. This is going to be weird. Tom, are you ready? I just want to make sure I still get to do my trivia later on this episode. I had a great trivia lined up, so I'm just wanted to confirm that. How much right. trivia well, this is, is this going to be, player? <laughs> well, Kyle hijacked my trivia segment. I don't know what's going on. We take a week off. Kyle gets crazy. Jeez. I Listen, told you, everybody's is... all fired up. Now is hip-hop Hollywood squares. What is going down? All right, well, let's get started here, and then we'll get into Tom's trivia. This whole podcast <laughs> might just be trivias. Um... <laughs> All right, so the first one, the name of Candy's debut album. Candy Coded. No. Did oh, you just no, make up an album, Candy Coded? No, that was the second one. That was the second one, Candy Coded. No, that's kind of That's her the... second album. I can see the cover, but I cannot think of the name it's of it. It's like a, a brown mine background. Had. It's like a brown, it, a brown background. She has long hair on the cover. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it came out like 2000. It wasn't just called Candy? I remember the single, Don't yeah. Think I'm Not. Yeah, remember Don't Think I'm Not. Yeah. Yep. No question. I remember that. But what is it called? So, hey Candy. Hey Candy. Hey, you're right. Correct. No, but that Candy was Coded was, was the second album. that It came out in, I think, like 2011, if I remember correctly. Yeah, this now that dropped. Well, I wasn't with you guys yet. It was like not long after I moved to Birmingham. So I remember that one, but I knew that wasn't the first one. All right. So no one gets a point for that one. Uh, the next no, one will be uh, Ed's nemesis, Blue Cantrell. What is the album title for her debut? Oh, you know I know this one. Tom, you want to weigh in? <laughs> I actually have no idea. Um, all I know is we interviewed her. Uh, must have been about five, six years ago now. And she told us 
in that interview, she was going right back to the top of the charts. Now, I uh, bet she we're did. Still, we're, still, we're still waiting on that moment to occur. Oh, Blue. The beef is over. There's no blue beef, Kyle. But And I actually like this album a lot. It's called So Blue. Hmm. There you go. One for Ed, zero for Tom. <laughs> but the tables are about to turn, I think, here. Do you guys remember Latrell okay. House Party? The Neptunes produced Remember. Record? Remember what now? <laughs> Latrell? Oh, man. Latrell Spreewell? Oh, my no. goodness. Get this guy off the podcast right now. Ed, do you not remember the song House Party? No. When did it just drop? I don't remember this at all. Actually, Kyle, this is if if anyone knows this that's listening to this podcast, major props, because I don't think anyone would know this. It's unreleased. Oh, is it? I think it came out in, like, Europe, didn't it? Oh, my. Play, you can't put European albums on this list. I don't even know Shout what this out is. Shout out to our boy, uh, William Swing, somewhere out there in Europe. If you heard of this one, hit us up. <laughs> Ed, you got to listen to this the one, sing- really. The What's the single party, off the of it? The Neptunes produced it. House Party. House, the I do not it. remember this at all. No, the, the, the actual single was called Dirty Girl. If I remember correctly, the oh, first single. Right. There was a remix with T.I. or something. No, it was with uh, Left Eye. Was it? Left Eye? Yeah, there's a... Yeah. What year was this? 99? <laughs> 2001. It's been like one of the last things poor Lisa did. Kalisa's yeah, on the um, album as well. Yeah, you gotta she, listen to that album, Ed. Latrell. It actually goes by Miss Munchie now. She's a background singer for a lot of, like, Pharrell and Stevie Wonder and stuff. So, I don't think it ever came out, though, officially. No. Okay, well, Kyle's over here cheating. Tom, can we get the title? I I had to look it up because I forgot, but it's Dirty Girl, Wrong Girl, Bad Girl. That's one album, or is it three albums? That's the name. That's that's the (laughs) entire title of the album. Dirty Girl, Wrong Girl, Bad Girl. It's actually a really good album. Like, if anyone wants to check this one out, I don't think it's on streaming, though, so you're going to have to find it somewhere or hit us up in the DMs. Maybe Kyle will be feel generous and send it to you, but it's a pretty dope album, actually. Kyle, you know my email. Hit me up while I'll <laughs> scrounge around YouTube and try to find it. No joke, Ed. I actually yeah. think you might like this one. Like, even the, the Neptune songs and the, the ones they didn't produce are pretty dope, so send it to mm-hmm. him, Kyle. Yep, and Ed, uh, I'll give you my Cash App email after two, so you can hit me up. <laughs> oh, I'll, you can give it to me. Y'all don't know what you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, the next one we have a female R&B group. I just interviewed one of the members earlier today, and uh, I've unlocked the code on why Jada Kiss pronounces their name wrong. But what is the debut album title from ISIS? Wait a minute! You found out why no one can pronounce this one these people's album right? Yeah, hold on. I mean, reason. What is the reason? Uh, so originally they actually went by Icy, uh, which is how Jadakus pronounces it. But yeah, because uh, he, he says Icy. Yeah, and then there was like a, a a lawsuit that happened because there was another group that had trademarked that name already, so they had to change it to oh Isis. Oh my goodness! That's amazing, man. Look at this breaking news. The mystery has been solved. I'm very excited about this. Was anyone actually still wondering about that, though? 
Well, I was. It kept me up at night since 2002. <laughs> uh, as far as the album title, I can't Oh, yeah, the album. Well, I know this one because these are my girls. The Way We Do. Okay. Wow. There were some jams on that album, too, actually. I remember. Oh, play out. I have said many times, I really thought that these girls were going to be, not to say that they were going to be as massive as Beyonce, but I thought that they were going to be kind of like the next girl group that was going to kind of make waves in the early 2000s. I thought mm. they were they, they had two huge hits. Kyle, did, did, um, did she touch on anything about what you know what went wrong? Um, Not really. I think it was a little bit of promotion, but it was just one of those albums that didn't, it actually went gold. So, hmm. believe it yeah. or not, so it, I wouldn't say it was a complete disaster. I didn't and find out that. Of can- uh, I was yes, gonna say, go speaking ahead. of candy, didn't she? She uh, wrote single for the rest of my life, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I believe you're right. And I, I also found out that Carrie Hilson co-wrote that one. Oh wow, I had no hmm. idea. So, some pretty cool, cool. information there. Uh, next album. So, did it? Ed, you got that one, right? I got that one. Yep. Yep. More importantly, we know why he said icy, and we've all these years. I was like, my man Jada is illiterate, but no, this makes sense. <laughs> that was always weird. <laughs> all right, the next one is my girl Sunshine Anderson. What's the debut mm-hmm. album called? Oh my goodness! This Ooh. is another one. I can see the cover. Hold on, I gotta think. I'm trying to remember. Can you name any of her her albums, Ed? I believe she has one called "Sunshine at Midnight" or something like that. Is that correct? Yeah, because yeah, I've done a um or whatever happened to her, and both of those albums were pretty good. There was a because I know it was named after a single. Oh, uh, I just I just uh, look because I don't know. It's definitely uh, don't named tell after me. Don't her. tell me. It's a song on the album that's named after. Yeah, and it ain't lunch or dinner. And it ain't heard it all before, so... Lunch or dinner, great song. Love that song, so underrated. Um, I give up. I'm not going to get it. It is called Your Woman. Oof. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have got that. Alright, let's do one more here, and then we'll go into Tom's trivia, which might be a little more difficult okay. than this one. And if you guys get this one right... Like I said, guys, listeners, if you're out there, Janet Jackson tickets are on the line. No, you can keep your Corona tickets. I don't know where they've been. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is my girl right here, guys. We got to get this one. Truth Hurts. Your Debut album. Your girl. Oh, Truth Hurts. This is cheating because I just looked this up pretty recently. So I know it, but I'll let you go, Kyle. I'll be honest, as an R&B fan, you know, I never even heard this album, to be honest. I have I have no idea. Jeez, Dr. Dre on the beats and you haven't heard it? No. Is it good? Tr- truthfully speaking. Yep. Listen, Ed, I'm going to make a go. revelation to you right now on the spot. In What's my that? iTunes, I do not have Truth Hurts' album. However, I do have Young Turk's debut album, Young and Thuggin'. <sighs> Please delete your playlist. Just throw it all away. <laughs> What's wrong with Young Turk, man? Hot boys. What's right with Young Turk? Oh, he was my favorite in the Hot Boys, man. <laughs> I 
I did not believe we would be having this conversation today. <laughs> Tom's favorite hot boy is Young Turk. Between that and Icy, I have learned so much today. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tom, do you want to get into your trivia? or should we Yeah, get into I'll make it music? quick. I'll, I'll make it real quick, So, since we already took up some time. But last time around we did, I asked you guys to name the first single ever released by some male singers. Let's do yeah. the female version right now. Let's just go rapid fire mode. Whoever okay. of you two could answer first, just shoot out the answer. Number one. Is Kelly Price? Come on, player, my favorite friend of mine. Kyle, do you confirm that? I think so. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right, that's correct. Number two. All right, we're going with Kelly Rowland. Stole. Um, go ahead. Yeah, he's correct. Yep. Yep. I actually like that song. I did, but too. Her debut was actually really good. In, That's another. Mm-hmm. What was the song that came after um, the Nelly song? I like that song, too. I like everything but the Nelly song. I don't remember. Well, anyway, we'll have the tribute for the third <laughs> single later on. <laughs> We're going to go with Kiki Wyatt. Oh, another one. You know it? Yeah, nothing in this world. According to Wikipedia, that's incorrect. It was used to love. Oh, crap, you're right. That was the first one. (laughs) Nothing in this world. That was the second one. Good one, Wikipedia. You got me. Two left, two left. Kyle, Kyle, you should get this next one. It is Jasmine Sullivan. Oh, this is easy. Need you bad. That's correct. Mm-hmm. All right, you got it. And final one, Ed, you should get this one. Jill okay. Scott. What's the song when she's walking down the street? <laughs> yes, that's the one. You know what getting I mean. Getting in the way. She's walking down, getting, getting in the way. She's, she's going to put she, on some Vaseline. She ripped the wig off some girl's head and threw it in the street. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we were ratchet even in 2000. What a time. <laughs> Good times. And that wraps it up. Good job, guys. Yeah, me on the kiki, but that was a good one. All right. Ed, you got to go check out Latrell. But while you do that, uh, let's talk about these R&B battles that have been happening. Because I got to admit, when they were first happening, when Swiss and Timbaland did it, I didn't understand what was going on. And then I actually tuned in for Sean Garrett and The Dream. They had their battle. And Sean Garrett was going off the rails, but it was actually quite entertaining. And uh, I, I started to see why everyone was so intrigued by it. Neil and Jonte did theirs, and I thought that was great for Jonte. Really gave everyone an opportunity to uh, see the work that he's done behind the scenes. And then uh, what else happened? Um, I think there were a couple more. A little John and T-Pain. That was a party in itself, but... Uh, overall, what did you guys think about these battles and the concept behind it? Because it seems like a lot of people have tuned in. Well, I will have to say, you have to take my music fan card. I have not seen one battle at all. Because your boy's out here trying to not only keep R&B alive, but keep humans alive. So I have not been able to see anything. However, 
I think these battles are very good. And we talked about this on the last podcast, even when Kyle and you were kind of like, oh, let's see what the big deal is. But not only are these great ways to just entertain folks, but this is a way for some of our favorite artists to really get a chance to shine. You look at a jaunt. When you look at, um, who did um, Austin battle? I'm blanking. Jaunte and Neo. Yes, Neo. There were so many people that were like, oh, Neo's going to kill him. I don't even know that guy. Well, wait until he broke out that catalog. They learned very quickly. And this isn't an opportunity just for us to celebrate so many of the kind of unsung pins and unsung voices that are behind some of the biggest hits that we've enjoyed for the past 10 or 20 years. So I love that. I love the feel that the way these battles were set up, you really feel like it's you're watching two people in an intimate setting in their homes, watching them just have fun. And you're part of the party. You really feel part of the experience. So I get it. I love it. And I love that some of these underrated artists or artists that haven't gotten the shine that they have in the past five or ten years, get a little bit of love. Mm. Um, Tom, what are your thoughts about so I uh, I haven't watched any of these battles. I probably never will. Not because I don't think they're good. And I get what it is saying, but man, I'm just so disappointed, guys. Why did it Why? take so. a pandemic for these artists to come together and get creative and do things like this? And, and, and then we start celebrating these artists for, you know, the, their talents and what they've done. Like, why does it take that for this to happen? I mean, we, we are, we're out here celebrating these artists every week. Why is there no one else doing the same thing? Like, I'm just so disappointed that it had to come to this. Well, I see what you're saying. And I mean, I get your frustration. I don't know if disappointed is the word that I get from my end. It is some frustration because as we talked a couple weeks ago, and we talked about D-Nice and everyone was like, oh, this D-Nice guy is the greatest guy of all time player. If I had mentioned him three weeks ago, you'd be saying, who is that? He's washed. He hasn't yep. had a hit since yep. 91. Oh, he's garbage. So, unfortunately, the way the way the world's set up is you're only relevant when you're jumping around in front of my Twitter at the moment. Anytime beyond that, if you're not trending, you're not relevant. That's unfair and that's trash. However, I do like that we're giving flowers while we can and not waiting until folks die to give them Grammys like you did Nipsey Hussle and the rest of them. So, I get your frustration. I'm with you. I hope this carries on. We know that probably won't. But at least now we can kind of show some love to some brothers and sisters who really deserve it. Well, uh. Tom, I can actually add, Tom, I can answer why uh, no one's been celebrating these guys until uh, this pandemic happened. Yeah. Uh, for a certain group of people, they're too busy shading others on Twitter instead of celebrating oh, the genre. But oh know, my god, for another day, player. Uh, Listen, now, I'm, now the, I'm the one who brings the beef. Not y'all aren't supposed to be the beef stars. I'm the beef star. We're not. I don't know what's we're moving going on. on from that. I don't know we're what he's talking. Please keep it moving. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, there were two battles that uh, were supposed to happen but got postponed. Uh, Bobby V and Pleasure P. Now, Tom, I have a lot of issues with this. Not the battle itself, because I think for their fan base, it's great and. For every battle, there's a demographic for it. But man, the hate that they got on social media when they announced their battle. I saw so many people saying, like, who asked for this? These guys don't have hits. Why are they doing this? Tom, that's disappointing for me to see as an R&B fan. These other people just disrespecting these guys. Well, think about it like this. Like, if Jonte Austin had go- had gone out and said, I'm going to play 20 of my biggest hits in a row. I'm not going to tell you which ones, but just tune in. 
I'm going to let you guys know what songs I wrote. Nobody would have tuned in. Like, why does it take a battle? Nope. Why do we have to choose a winner? You know, why does everything have to be head-to-head and someone has to be a loser in the situation? Like, that's like the, the, that's what people need to be entertained. Why can't we just celebrate straight up and not always have hate involved and a loser involved? I don't, I don't like it. Because that's how that's the how world it. works. The world's trash. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, Ed, the battle that everyone was anticipating was Teddy Riley versus Babyface, which is a conversation an R&B head has like every week with their buddies. We were going to see it live on Instagram. And then Teddy Riley pulled the plug on it and said, I want to do it on my own app so I can make money off of it. Oh. Ed, is it wrong for Teddy to want to make money off this? Oh, my God. Now, I will preface, for, well, first of all, we got to get this right. The comments that you are about to hear are from Edward Bowser of soulandstereo.com and do not reflect the comments of, you know, I got soul.com. So send your hate tweets to E.T. Bowser and shut up. So <laughs> before I get into that, let me clarify that this story, so to speak, has been evolving. And like I've been kind of in and out of the game because your boy has been so crazy busy at work. So I may have missed some fine points. So Kyle... Let me know if I got this straight. So we got Babyface and we got Teddy about the battle. Everything was set up. Then all of a sudden, Teddy like, I'm going to charge y'all some money for this. And everybody's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Then the battle goes away. Then Timberland comes back and says, oh, we don't want to charge because that takes the purity out of what we're doing. Then Babyface comes back and says, sorry, y'all, I had Corona, and (laughs) we going to battle later. I'm like, what is happening? I don't understand. Like, I'm confused by this battle. But let me go back to answer Kyle's question, because I'm getting off the rails. Before you go, I have to add one more point. Uh, So after Babyface made that announcement, Swiss went on Instagram Live and said, no, Babyface doesn't have Corona. He wasn't sick. Wait, what? Yeah. Didn't he come out with a statement that said he did? Well, Swiss negated Unless the statement that was fake. <laughs> it's not Who good. is Swiss? What kind of, is he Dr. Swiss? We got a Dr. Dre. How did he know? Anyway. Well, I don't know. So, <laughs> getting back to the point. Listen, from an artist's perspective, I understand wanting to charge. This is their art. This is how they make their money. Here's a problem my man Teddy, shout out to VA, don't understand. You can't go this late in the game and start asking people to charge money. So, yeah, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube with this thing. If we said that if we start if these battles started out with a fee, so you're paying five dollars to get into the club, so to speak. Ten dollars is too much, Teddy. You're doing that's Netflix. Stop doing that. But if you were charging at the beginning, okay, I can see it. But you can't have people watch this thing for almost a month for free. In this very intimate setting that is very relatable and real to people. And then come over and then try to charge them money for it. That's absolutely ridiculous. Nobody's going to come to your set for that. Especially when there are free ones going on. I understand trying to get that bag, Teddy, but that ain't the way. You know, the way I see it, and I don't want to comment on speculation and, you know, because we don't know what's real, what's not. It just kind of makes it seem like Teddy Riley's out of touch at this point. And that's not a good thing for a legend to come off looking like that, because this would have been epic for the fans. 
Absolutely. And I don't know either. I don't know what the deal is that he just hear about this or he's like, well, I'm going to get paid off of it because I heard he was going to make his different and special. But when you do that, you lose the intimacy that this really cool and unique setup brings. Mm-hmm. Well, two things, Ed. I think uh, Teddy Riley is just practicing uh, common VA business tactics. So shout out oh, to VA. Oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> God. Well, and, talk uh, to Khalees and the Neptunes about that. <laughs> and uh, most importantly, wasn't Teddy Riley on that Kerry Hilson talking about 5G networks as well? Oh, my God. Was he? I missed that. Yeah, he was. No. Oh, Teddy. Oh, no. Teddy. Oh. Teddy, you my dog. Don't do this. He's the architect of New Jack Swing. He gave Keith his legendary album. Don't tell me you believe in his 5G YouTube foolishness. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about some current events here, some new music that came out over the last two weeks. Uh, this is an interesting headline. Uh, the Weeknd apparently has the most streams ever for an R&B album. Wait, what album? The new one. <laughs> R&B album, huh? That's what the people say. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure I'm the only person on this podcast who has listened to that album, so... R&B album, huh? Interesting. I mean, they, they it's like we always say, if, you, if you're if you black, they're going to put you in that R&B box, whether you like it or not. That's yep. just the way it's going to go. dude singing, R&B album. And don't get me wrong, he has done some R&B albums. This one, I don't know. This is a pop album, fellas. I know what I'm, I know. You paid me to tell you the truth. It's a pop album. <sighs> well, well, I think it's really interesting because... With the power of marketing and just um, Jedi mind tricks, we're we're able to be tricked into thinking something is R and B when it's not. Like I think there are probably a ton of people that think the weekend is R and B, and much respect to you guys. But it really comes to test when, for example, last week the weekend called out Usher for his song Climax and said that that was a record that where Usher stole the sound and created Climax, Weekend's original sound. And uh, a lot of R&B fans went after The Weekend and were like, what are you talking about? So that was kind of interesting. Well, well, to be fair, and I talked about this, first of all, why are we arguing about a song that's almost 20, 10 years old? Go away. But to be fair, I said back in, what, 2012 when this thing came out, that it most definitely was in The Weekend's wheelhouse. Like, that was clear. But that was one song. Weekend, you have been cosplaying as Michael Jackson for 10 years now. <laughs> Nobody said anything about you. So, play a calm now before I kick you in your OVOs. Like, stop. This is ridiculous. The what, good thing, though. There's, <clears throat> go ahead, Dad. Well, my point is, when it goes to Kyle's message about what's R&B and what isn't, this is something that has been gone back and forth for years. And there's a fine line. And the fine line is because... As I said before, R&B is very flexible. It's a genre that can be molded in different ways. The Weeknd has made R&B songs. Most of his new album is a pop album because it's bootleg Michael Jackson stuff, who is the king of pop. That's why it sounds like it sounds. Think about that marketing plan, though, because you got to think about it like he'll claim being R&B if it can get him the title of being the most streamed ever. That's a huge headline and a huge promotional tool to use. So. It worked out. I mean, why not? 
Right. So you can eat. Look, if I was going to be the number one UK grime album artist <laughs> by saying this, and I haven't dropped one song yet, of course I'm going to embrace that title if it gets me some legendary tag on my resume. But yeah, I mean, mm. it's ridiculous. It's and as I go back. A million times and say this. A lot of times this this music is in the eye of the beholder or the ear of the beholder. But there are certain facets that make music what it is. I'm not hating on The Weeknd. I actually like a lot of his stuff. I like his early stuff. Let me clarify that. I think Early Weekend was a pioneer in some ways, like it or not. That's why Climax sounded like it sounded. That's why Drake mm-hmm. got hot, because he copied and pasted his whole career. Sorry, Drake fans, oh, he did. Wow. But the point is, he was able to cultivate a new sound that kind of permeated the past decade. So, yeah, he, Usher kind of stole the sound for Climax. That's one song. Weekends, what's your excuse? Because you've been stealing Michael Jackson for a long, long time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it was great just to see a lot of R&B fans sticking up for Usher during this. uh, Especially because uh, over the last couple of years, they've kind of looked at him as like the old guy. So that was cool, but Usher has made some progress when it comes to this new album. Don't Waste My Time is slowly but surely moving up the charts, and most recently, Little John played this new record with Usher, John, and Ludacris, Sex Beat. It finally came out a couple of days ago. Before we get into the song itself, Tom, I know over the last year you've been complaining about older artists collaborating with younger acts such as usher and lma and not working with his own generation so this is what you're looking for right uh i mean it's what Ludacris and little john didn't they both fall off i mean there has oh, been no. <laughs> oh god uh, I'm, I'm, go. I'm just joking i'm just joking yes this is what i've been looking for i haven't checked out the record yet i have no idea if it's any good but uh, my problem with the, with this song is, didn't he tease it a while ago, and then people wanted it at that moment, and then he waited too long, and, and then put it out later? Was there another story about this? Yeah, yeah that's what it? I remember. I, yeah, it was rumor for a long time. Yep. Yeah, because uh, we had talked about it. I want to say about a year ago, because Little John tweeted out, "Me, Usher, and Luda are doing it again," and then it kind of mm. that, that conversation died off. And then T-Pain and Little John was two weeks ago now, I yes. think. And John yes. played the snippet. Everyone was going nuts. I think it was yep. like floating on our Twitter for a whole day, and then it just died. And then Usher was like, well, here's the song. No, Usher was like, oh, should I put this out? Like, teasing people. And then the hype yep. died down. And then a week later, he puts it out. Like, come on. capture It should have been online immediately after Little John played it on his, on his um, battle. Come on. Yeah, I didn't know if there were any kind of label hoops to jump through or what, but that was kind of weird how everybody was hyped. Because, again, I didn't see the battle, but everybody was talking about this one song. And then I heard the snippet of the song, and, and I like I did hear the full version. I like the song okay. It's not Lovers and Friends great, but this is, it's a decent album cut. I don't even know if it feels like a single to me, but I can understand why people like it. It's nostalgic without feeling too dusty. So it's a decent song, but... Again, it just shows that if there's no hype, Usher didn't seem very interested in it. But once the hype started getting building up, then he dropped it. Wait, Kyle, can you confirm something for me? Yep. Lovers and Friends is a great song. Um, yeah, it's not bad. 
Little John's part is uh, questionable, yeah. but Ed seems. I would like say it. it's it's solid. It's not like, it's not like a, a standout in my it's in not, my opinion. No, it's not a my, it's not a mind blowing song, but it's it's fine. Calm down, did I? I did not say it was belong from songs in the key of life. I said it was a good song. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> you got Little John singing on that song. Come on. Oh no, I didn't say that Little John had Christine vocals. His little <laughs> show that thing can go away. But no, the song is fine. <laughs> Good lord. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I listen to Sex Beat as well. It's actually a pretty solid song. The only complaint I have is that Luda's verse is so long that uh, by the time we get to Usher, because there's that like one-minute piano intro in the beginning, so by the time we get to Usher, it's like three minutes into the song, and I feel like that kind of takes away from the momentum. But all in all, I think it's a great song, and I think, again, it's a great sign that Usher has uh, more to come with this upcoming album. So... I'm looking forward to it. Hmm. I didn't mind yeah. kind of Luda's longer voice because it felt more like it didn't feel like an Usher song featuring those two guys. It felt like a Luda, Chris, and Usher song, so it seemed kind of balanced to me. I get what you're saying. I, he did have kind of a split verse, so it didn't yeah. bother me. And Kyle, you just interviewed Jonathan Austin and, and B. Cox, who both worked on Usher's album. And I did notice that you really weren't able to get much out of them in terms of what, what to expect. When we could expect the album, it was almost political. Mm. Yeah, honestly, I don't think they know. I don't think anyone really knows right now. I don't think Usher even yeah. knows when, if he, if, if or when he's going to put it out. I think he will at some point, but we will just have to see. I think this quarantine thing has really set everything back. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to see. Uh, but a couple more projects I want to talk about here. Sean Stockman... Boys to Men, his solo album, solo debut album, Forward, is finally out. Uh, Tom, I have a big issue with the song title. Or not the song, song title. title? The, album ti- the album title. Oh, it's misspelled, right? It's confusing. Well, I, I didn't understand because, like, it's spelled forward. I, I, wait, how do you spell it? There's, like, forward. There's two ways to spell forward, right? Well, Ed, he's so, spelling it. He's not. He's not spelling it like walking forward. He's spelling it like a forward, as into like when you read a book, the little introduction part where usually they have like some famous person write it. That's the reading. forward. Yeah, but spelling. our um, our autocorrect made it forward with an A in our WordPress. You know, when we're, when we're writing the article, so you know we misspelled it at first because we you know we didn't catch that. Well, you're right. When I wrote my review, it kept trying to make it the other forward, and I'm like, yeah. "No, it's the it's the book forward." So it's not misspelled. It's just not the common. <laughs> well, Tom, this just confirms you and I don't read books. That's <laughs> Basically, true, actually. I mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> oh that's confirmed. <laughs> Grab a book, you weirdos. All right, <laughs> but Ed, this album right here, you had a chance to review it. And I thought it was a mm-hmm. really solid, you know, R&B album. Had some standouts, but more importantly, it didn't have any songs that were offen- were offensive or bad. It was just a solid R&B album. Exactly. You can go to soulandstereo.com right now and see the review for that. But that's what my biggest takeaway was. Now, first of all, if you heard his EP from a couple years ago, pretty much this album is half EP and a, maybe four or five new songs. So if you've heard the EP, you know kind of the score, where this is going. 
But yeah, no weak songs here. Like everything here is solid. And for the most part, and I said this in my review, I know there'll be some younger fans who might be like, oh, it's boring. No turn up. But what just what um, Sean did, and I appreciate it, it was a very no frills. And I say this as a, as a compliment. No frills, straightforward R&B. He did what he does. He came to do what he did. He didn't go and pretend to be somebody else. There's no outrageous sampling, no ridiculous beats, no out-of-place features. This is just him doing what he does and has been doing for 25 years. So I appreciate it. And one of my favorites of the year so far. Pretty solid across the board. And I'll just add, I haven't checked it out yet. Um, Shout-out to our boy Tim Kelly, producer, who produced a bunch of the songs in there. But when you interviewed him, Kyle, um, Sean Stockman, he mentioned he was just trying to make a quality R&B album that people could have on in their home, you know, while they're cooking food and enjoying time with family. And I really feel like that's what R&B, especially fans of the traditional sound of the genre, were looking for. So I, I give him props for putting out a project that, you know, is what people have been asking for. Yeah, that was his um, That was his goal. That brother succeeded because that's the perfect description of what this album is you turn it on you put it on it's in the background it's great music there's nothing that you're gonna like crash a car to but it's just good pure r&b and he also in the interview said that he does follow us and read everything we post on social media and listen to our podcasts so uh ed uh all that tank slandering uh we might want to be careful now yeah <laughs> what's that have to do with sean stockman that's his boy. They have songs together. Well, some of my boys... Well, calm down. <laughs> Go to E.T. Bowser on Twitter if you want me to continue to finish that sentence. Uh, oh, boy. Well, I'm just kidding. Sean, Sean doesn't listen to our podcast. Or at least I don't think he does. But uh, Tom is going to be interviewing Tank next week. I know a lot of people have been asking for you to do it, Ed, but um, do you want to do it? <laughs> Um, no. I think it no. would be best for everyone for me not to do that one. All right. That would be actually pretty amazing. You know, I'd have to get my popcorn ready for that one. But no, I'm going to interview Tank. I'm going to keep it real with him and celebrate him like we always do on this show. I'm going to be honest with him about how I felt about his music over the past few albums. But I'm not going to come at him Ed style and just, you know, jump kick him in the head for releasing what he's released. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, you can give him my number. We can have a good conversation. Your boy never tells a lie. I don't slander just for entertainment. I just will go for the truth. All right. Just remind you, people you, who was speaking <laughs> just now. Yes, that was E.T. Bowser over at soulandstereo.com. Hit me up on Twitter, including our good friend, Mr. Durrell. There we go. There you go. Uh, new EP, While You Wait, is fire, by the way. Go check that out. Uh it's more right. albums to talk about. Ed, more albums to talk about. Uh, quickly here, Kiana Lede, new artist. Ed, you and I went back and forth on this one. Initially, when I listened to it, I thought it was just okay. I'm kind of sick and tired of like the two-minute records. But uh, you really liked it, so I went back and listened to it. And you know what? It's not bad. I, 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 it's not I'm gonna bad say at it was, all. It was solid. I thought it was very good. Another one that's really kind of stuck with me over the past couple weeks the reason why I really like this album, now we know um, a lot of us kind of have followed her career for a while. She's kind of put out some EPs and things in the past. The reason why I'm excited about this one is it really feels like an album that can be a breakout. One that can really 
elevate her. She's got some great sampling. She's got some great sensibilities when it comes to the fundamentals of R&B. But it sounds like a current album. And to Kyle's point, yeah, there's some short songs. Yeah, she does a little bit of that, that rap singing here and there. But it's not oppressive. Because whereas some artists like to have these two-minute songs and it sounds like they actually put it together in two minutes, her songs have maybe a shorter runtime, but they're still fulfilling. I really think that Kiki is one of the stronger albums that I've heard. I mean, it's just April, but one of the ones that has really stuck with me in the past couple months. I really like it, and I think that it could be a springboard for her. Mm. Um, Tom? You, you know what this reminds me of, guys? Yep. Uh, how the major labels think when they use payola to get songs on the radio. Oh, if we just force people to listen to something enough times, eventually they'll get it and start liking it. That's what happened to you, Kyle. <laughs> Maybe. Ed told you Ed told you to listen to something, you listened to it enough times and you started liking it. You didn't go with your gut instinct. Well I'm just saying Ed, aren't you, Ed, Well aren't sometimes you your gut is wrong. I'm here to be the angel on the show. An influencer? I have not gotten my check from Instagram yet to claim that I'm an influencer, so I'm a fake influencer. All right. Well, well that's true. Fake Dixie. influencer Ed Bowser. <laughs> Put uh, it on my Kiana, resume. Kiana did say something that was really interesting. She tweeted out, I'm sick and tired of being interviewed by people that don't know me and ask dumb questions. Uh, do your research. Tom, what outlet are they speaking about? Because we didn't interview her. I tried interviewing her. Her management team never got back to me. So isn't this the artist's well, fault at some point for taking these interviews? I almost feel like they do this intentionally. It's almost like fake calling someone out. You know, they're not naming anyone, but they're calling someone out. Like, you know, when, when artists attack their label, it's like the label's not going to suffer. All it's going to do is get the artist's headlines. And it's going to look like some fake beef. And, you know, people are going to get all like, ooh, fake drama. It's like, come on, <laughs> name names if you're really going to call someone out. But if you're, but Kyle, you mentioned to someone, in, you know, in the comments who asked us who she was talking about, a few of the interviews she did. I don't know if you want to name those outlets she did interviews with or oh, not. Oh boy. Uh, I mean, it's no surprise. Uh, it would be it would be like non-music outlets, right? Like Vogue or BuzzFeed. And no disrespect to them because they're a huge platform. But if you're an R&B artist and you want questions that are about your art then of course you go to an R&B outlet you don't go to people that don't actually cover the genre but that's just me but no that's the again the era we live in you go to someone who has the most followers or the biggest following even though your I mean Vogue has a trillion followers but how many of those followers are R&B fans how many of those followers are actually going to buy your album that's the whole misconception with the influencer label because people think that big numbers mean you get the hookup. No, you go to the outlets that are more targeted to what see y'all listen up. I'm giving you free social media advice right here. Look at all this knowledge gets dropped. So if you want to go to an outlet, you go to one that may have a smaller following, but a stronger core to the audience you're trying to reach. I'm sure that Pet Boys Twitter account has more than mine. But do you think that tweeting out their stuff is going to get you a whole bunch of R&B followers? No. But you could go to a brother like me who has a smaller following, but a more dedicated following towards your product. 
And that means bigger sales for you. Use your brain, as the R. Kelly meme says. That's the way we do this. And two, I didn't see um, the the beef apparently with her and some outlets not knowing who she is. But it goes back to a conversation we've had before. Y'all do your research. It's just called Wikipedia. You can go see what she's done if you aren't familiar. Just see what she's done. But to her management's to give them a little bit of shade. If you want it done right, come to the outlets that know how to research and then know your artists. If you need help, here's two on this podcast. You know I got soul, soul and stereo. We the hookup. <laughs> wow. I've seen these interviews happen in person actually before. When I was waiting in line to interview an artist and I had to wait for another outlet to go first, they asked these questions like, so um, can you introduce us to yourself? And uh, so uh, we, we heard you've got an album coming out. What can you tell us? Like, do you even know who this person is you're interviewing? It's, it's embarrassing, man. I feel bad for the Music artist. Soul Child, tell us about yourself. I hear you have a CD. <laughs> tell us what's on this CD. Like, come on now. Just oh, Google man. on your phone right quick. I'm hot because these, a lot of these outlets out here fronting like they're journalists and don't even do basic journalistic research. I got degrees behind my name. Don't come from a people. Hmm. Sounds like you guys are both mad that Nivea was on Vlad TV and not sold back. But, you know, <laughs> it happens. Listen, Kyle. Niv- <laughs> Nivea said her, she had to go to Singular and... Oh, Singular. They don't even have those anymore. Singular what, they got AT&T? <laughs> they had to go to AT&T and get her new phone. She did. Didn't she tell us that she broke her phone? Yep. Can we not, it guys? Happens. Let's not. It let's not go there. Let's not go there. Uh, I got two new singles I want to talk about, and you guys can take turns. You guys can do one each. But uh, who wants to talk about Tony Braxton's new single, Do It? <laughs> what you say it like that? Who wants to talk about this? <laughs> guys, I heard the single. It's, it's true. We're running out. You got. You were right. We were on one today. I did hear the new single. I thought it was solid. Um, a lot of people, especially in the cypher, were really big fans of this one. I thought it was all right. It didn't grip me like some of the last singles off her last project, but it's Tony. She doesn't this off this very few times that Tony falls through. Hmm. And uh, let us see drop a new song, Tom. Anything for you? We really like this song. I like this one a lot, and I, I don't know if you agree, but I thought this one was really good. I agree. I liked it too. One of my favorite yeah. songs I heard this year so far, actually. Yeah, it's because yeah. Ed, if you I'm remember, you... Tom Tom didn't like the uh, the more trappy Let Us See that was on the last album, so I figured he would like this one. Well, well I... hold on, hold on. That was just the single, and it kind of grew yeah, on me. Just... You guys kind of convinced me, you know, it wasn't what I thought, and I re-listened like you did the Candle Day, and I started liking it more. So this this one is like what I really want from Let Us See. That was more traditional sounding. And it, it's just really soulful, and, it, and you feel it, you know. So I'm not mad at her about that one anymore. Like, I, I got that one. Mm. Yeah, you were kind of on your own on that one. I kind of like the trappy stuff. <laughs> but once again, the Ed brainwash has worked again. So soon I will get Kyle to put down the L. Varna and the Ashanti, and we'll be rolling. Nice. And soon we will replace you with Barry Bars. <laughs> oh, good luck. Well, Ed, you're gonna you're gonna be too busy on Instagram, uh, being an influencer and taking bikini pictures, so you might not have time for this. Oh anymore. my goodness! <laughs> Play 
Let me tell you about this quarantine. Nobody wants to see me with my shirt off right now. This these snacks are accentuating my curves in all the wrong places. So wait, um, hold on, no. Ed. Let me ask you straight up: Are you a speedo wearer at the beach? Speedo wearer? And you've seen? Well, I'm gonna say you've seen me at the beach, and I, that sounds. I have easy. not. <laughs> but <laughs> I have posted beach pictures every year. Of course, not this year because it's Corona land. But no, I don't wear a Speedo at the beach. Okay. I'm not Razor Ramon. Good Lord. Razor Ramon. <laughs> bad what? guy. I like it. <laughs> all right. Well, all right, we'll keep you around then. You're, you're cool. Uh, all right. Ugh. Shout out to Speedos. I'll take the sponsor. <laughs> we, like, we like shameless plugs, guys. <laughs> all right. Uh, and then a new, two new songs by India Sean. This is an artist that uh, we really like. She's signed to Epic now. So check out her two songs i think one's called in deep i think tom with six lack yep and then the other's called cali love six lack yep kyle india is one of my india is one of my favorite well used to be independent r&b acts now she's signed so go check out her music she was on on the road with anderson pack for like a year or two so love her shout out to india but let's talk about this one i'll check it out yo you got it i love I love her voice, but um, we got to talk about this new feature that Ed did, or new post. This was Amory's discography from top to bottom, and oh, yes. you even included some mixtapes in there. And Tom, I think we were going to do something similar to this. Well, we were doing her best songs. Ed ranked her album, so it was on a similar vein. But I'll let Ed give us like the, the high-level recap. I know we're almost out of time, so give us a rundown of, of what you had all in there. Yeah, if you want to see the whole recap in detail, you can hit up soulandstereo.com, of course. But we can just run through things real quick. I ranked her EPs that came out a couple years ago and her mixtape just because her discography is a little brief. So coming in the rear, although Wait, it's two on. EPs. Uh, what what mixtape, Ed? Um, she had a mixtape called Because I Love It, and that was like maybe 2006 or seven. This is the oh. infamous mixtape that is people were saying, oh, she's dissing Beyonce just because she just made a passing reference about her haters or something like that. And that I turned into. Had, no, but I thought she had an album called Because I Love It. She does. But the mixtape was called Because I Love It Volume 1. It was the precursor oh. to the album. Oh. Gotcha. So, yeah, getting back to it just real quick. Bringing up the rear are those two EPs. For some reason, Tom halfway liked them back in 2008. I don't know what he was smoking, but they are not my favorites. She Wait, also had ta- an EP. What, what are you talking about, two EPs in 2008? You don't remember the A. Marie EPs in 2008 after 4 a.m. and 4 a.m. Mulholland? Oh, 2008? 2018. Uh, 2018, I'm sorry. I halfway liked them. I didn't like them at all. What are you talking about? Yeah, you did. I remember you saying, and you even threw a couple of the songs on our year end list. I'm like, I don't know wow. what Tom I is smoking. What song? <laughs> Kyle. Should have picked zero. Kyle, moving along. Okay, continue. We got fake EPs that, from 2008. We got mixtapes I never heard of. What is going on with this list? <laughs> well, what kind of Amory fan are you? You don't know her mixtape. <laughs> but we haven't gotten to that one yet. So we get the EPs out of the way, and another EP. In 2016, that was Drive. And again, probably no one heard that one but me. So now we're into the albums. Her 2009 album, In Love and War, that was her Def Jam debut. 
It was okay, but definitely a step down from her earlier releases. Then wait, we get the mixtape. Ben- wait, wait, Ed. Okay. Are you telling me you didn't like the song Heard Them All with Sean Garrett? Nope. Mm. Mm. Damn. Sean Garrett was going off mm. on that song. Nope. It no. was okay. I mean, the album isn't bad. It's just okay. Definitely a step down from the others. It's all, all right. right. Better than them EPs that Tom loved. So anyway. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we love you. We're back to the... Oh, yes, that's my dog. So, number four <laughs> is because I, because I Love It, Volume 1. That's the infamous mixtape. That one has some songs from the Becomes I Love It album. Just think of it like Sean Stockman's EP that we talked about in 2018. Same type of vibe. Really fun. She's like playing around on some hot songs of the era. Loved it. Number three, this is where people started giving me beef. I went with her sophomore album, Touch. And then number two was Because I Love It. I know a lot of people have not heard Because I Love It. So they're like, what's this weird album? It's not better than Touch. Yeah, it kind of is. Both albums are great, but I kind of think that that Because I Love It album, and we've talked before, and we can go into detail later about how she got screwed over by the label and this great album ended up in Japan and didn't come out over here until mm-hmm. a year later and nobody heard it. So That was puzzling, that thing actually. Ri- that derailed her career, not Beyonce. That's what did it, y'all. So that's her number two. And, of course, number one is her debut, All I Have. You can go check out soulandstereo.com for the whole thing and revisit the mixtapes no one remembers and the EPs that Tom loves. <laughs> wow. Jeez. I had, Tom, I had right. no idea you liked those Transformer EPs, Tom. With the Transformer? Transformer. <laughs> there was some auto-tune of plenty on that thing. I will say this about A. Marie. I think she got the point that people weren't really feeling that sound because then afterwards she came out stating on her next project she was going to revisit her earlier sound. So I think I she remember. got the feedback and point was taken. I appreciated that she tried something new. It didn't work. And now she's listening to her fans and trying something else instead of continuing yep. to just barrel down and duck and doubling down. Not yep. mad at my girl for that. So... There you go. Shoutouts to Amory. Now, off the top of your head, Tom, name some good Amory songs for the people. Well, we asked our readers what were their favorites. And just, you know, obviously the, the biggest hits, like, why don't we fall in love and one thing. But a lot of people named I Just Died from her debut. And for me, I have a, a hard time differentiating her debut because I love the whole thing front to back. But, mm-hmm. you know, for people, that was a standout. Uh, rolling down my face on her on her uh, second album. Ooh, For me, yep. that one really felt like something that was part of you know a sound from her first album, kind of an extension. So I love that one. Um, I love the song "Crush" on her because I love the album. I don't think that was a single, but um, that one no, always stood out to me. So one yeah, of my good favorites, one, right? good pick. Yeah. So I'll name those ones real quick. Well, yes, I'm gonna, from that third album. Go ahead, Kyle. Before I drop mine in. Well, I was gonna say on the second album. I don't know if you guys like this one as much as I do, but just like me, I think Pooh Bear wrote that mm-hmm. one. That's a great one. Pooh Bear writes a lot for uh, Justin Bieber now, but that was a great record. Mm. I agree. Love that one. And I'm telling y'all, if you haven't heard Because I Love It, I don't know if it's on streaming services. It's definitely on YouTube. Go check that one out. Check out Crush. Check out Paint Me Over. Check out When Loving You Was Easy. This album was a banger, and it was I loved it because it was the good 
of both her debut and her sophomore album. It was kind of like a come together of both sounds. Man, the world missed out. And it wasn't Beyonce's fault. This is how much I love our readers, Kyle, because a whole bunch of people said the intro on that album should have been a full song. I believe it was called Forecast or something like that. Yep, yep, it was. And they all, a bunch of people actually stated that. So I was like, wow. And they were right. I checked it out again. I'm like, damn, they're right. Mm. I love our listen. I love our listeners because they know good music. I love it. Yeah. Yep. Anybody can, I can nerd out about with unreleased A. Marie <laughs> exactly. albums. It's my type exactly. of Exactly. 100%. And then a random moment. The song Somebody Up There. I've heard that on three instances outside of my house. One time at McDonald's. One time at Starbucks. I'm wondering if it was the same wow. employee. And one time at, I think it was at the mall. That was crazy. Kyle, I don't know how that ended. Maybe it was the same employee. Kyle, I'm just happy you went to Starbucks, you know, when, when I wasn't there on your own. That, that's impressive, man. I love Starbucks. <laughs> Ed. First of all, coffee's <laughs> trash. But this is more proof I need to move to Canada because not only do you have a non-crazy president, Y'all playing just random A. Marie album cuts up in the Starbucks <laughs> and the McDonald's and the grocery store. So I need to be among my people. Because clearly my people ain't around here. Yeah, Ed, when you go to Starbucks and get your decaf, you maybe you'll hear an A. Marie album cut. The only thing I'm going to get at Starbucks is something to throw in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I like their pastries. I like their little pastry stuff. Coffee is disgusting. Pastries? Mm. What's wow. a pastry? Yes. First, you didn't know what a forward was. Now you don't know what a pastry is. The little muffins in the glass. Is that like a croissant or something? That is a pastry. It's yes. all of it. Yes, oh, it's all of it. I, I don't need that, man. That's fat boy stuff right there. <laughs> no, right. Fat boy. I, I'm pretty sure Starbucks doesn't have grilled chickens on them. I'm sorry. Shout out to our boy Smokey, who's always Kyle. on that fat boy stuff. Right, Kyle? <laughs> yep, yep. Um, oh my god <laughs> shout out to smoke I needed this podcast after this long week I will give you guys that uh, can we give a play of please really quickly here certainly is it Teddy Riley or we are done enough no let's not. We're, you can't mess with we're, legends like that we're leaving Teddy Riley out of this uh, can we give a can we give a play of please to anybody that's not checking out this new content that all of us are putting out during this quarantine? Ed, with your reviews, your, your head-to-head with Ed. I know you just mentioned that Chris Brown was a legend. We'll talk about that later, Ed. But we just want to give a play of please to anybody that's not checking out our great interviews, Ed's great content, because this is the time to be doing that. Exactly. Yeah. And it's... Go ahead, Tom. I love your head-to-head, Zed, man. I really respect what you're doing with those. Appreciate that. Like, that's something that it's kind of, it was just like a whim between me and um, one of our contributors. Shout out my man, Alex. We just literally came up with a concept over, like, a conversation. And it's been one of the more popular features recently. So, we got more to come. Check it out. And you guys are killing the Instagram game with the interviews. This is the perfect time to catch people and get people caught up on some of their faves. So, Good for you for doing it. Forget the haters. Y'all are locking the game down. Ed, I just have one request, man. If you can get time, I know you have no time at this point, but I love those whatever happened to articles, man. If you can get some of those going when you have time, those are some of my favorites too. 
It's definitely on the list. Them things take forever to research, but yep, that's on my list. Don't worry, I got you. Well, Ed, I got one for you, and then I'll start plugging in all the interviews we've done. But if you can do it, whatever happened to Frankie? Remember that guy? Signed to Jackie Thompson? Oh, if you can find oh, I remember Frankie. Frankie. If you can find information on Frankie, I will crown you the king of R&B, and I'll take it off from Jacquees' head. Well, that needs to be taken off his head anyway, along with a mountain of dandruff or whatever he's got going on. But Frankie, I mean, that brother in the witness protection program, I haven't heard from him in, what, 2000-something? No, didn't he, uh, you talking about Frankie J? No, not Frankie J, Frankie from 97. <laughs> I don't know who that is, man. Oh, you know who that is. Actually, I, I'm messing with you guys. I've heard about this legendary album. I'm, I sh- I'm ashamed to say I've never fully listened to it, but oh, I really have not, I've never heard. I, I have not heard of this guy other than that album. It's almost like a, you know, a cult classic, and the guy is just he must be out there Yo, somewhere. Chucky Thompson, 112, Faith Evans, all on one album, writing for this guy. And then he just vanishes mm-hmm. off the face of the earth. Ed, you got to do your homework and find out what happened to him. I've got to find him because I haven't heard that album in forever, but I remember hearing it once. Because this is like this secret album that like everybody's like, there's this five-star album from this guy that you haven't heard of. I don't remember it being five stars, but good Lord, it is good. I'm sure there's some listeners to this podcast that will chime in and concur. But yeah, Frankie was that dude and no one knows where he is. Now I got to do my research. Yep. Well, uh, luckily, uh, the, the full album is on YouTube because it's definitely not on other stream. It's not on Spotify or anything like that, but no, look it up I on YouTube. So. My Heart Belongs to You. It's it's the full albums on there if you want to check it out again. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, and in terms of, you know, I got so we've been doing a lot on Instagram live. We've been pretty much interviewing everyone under the moon. I just did like a two hour interview with B Cox. Tom, you did like RL, uh, Tony Sunshine, the list goes on and on. I would hate to miss out on anyone, so I'm just going to say go check out our Instagram, our YouTube, our Twitter, everything. We've got so many interviews coming up, including one with Tank and Ed, so we're ready. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> I'm just no, kidding. No. <laughs> I, well, I, I got to check out the homie Tony Sunshine. I totally missed that one. And shout out my boy Travis Cherry because I know he was on one of the interviews as well. It seems like every time you grab these, that guy, I'm always like out of pocket. So we got to get him on the podcast one day. Ed, Travis Cherry was begging for you to come on the line too. True story. <laughs> I'm, That's my I'm actually serious. He, he would love to come on back on the podcast and have a fun time with us. Yeah, getting him in the house, it will be one for the ages. And shout out to no. Travis Cherry real quick, because that's a real cool dude. Like, he's actually really just striving to provide quality traditional R&B music. He doesn't care about the trendier sounds. So, like, there's not many producers, I feel like, who are in that mindset. So I always got to shout that dude out. Yep. yep. Always. That man working with Tony Terry. Good Lord, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think that's it for this week. I'm going to give one more play, please, since we're on the topic of Instagram Live. Guys. If you're driving, do not be on Instagram Live. That's dangerous. Oh my god! Thank you. I see. I see Sean Garrett on. I mean, on, on Instagram Live, driving all the time. Where are people even going these days? You're supposed to be quarantined and st- and shelter in place. Stay in the house. 
Oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know how you can get your phone to like do that stuff while you're driving. I guess it's just sitting on the dashboard, sliding around. Like, just yeah. drive. <laughs> you aren't that important. Just wait till you stop. <laughs> so, uh, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with another episode. Continue to check out the content. And uh, let's not shade people anymore. Let's just keep it forward. Like that Sean Stockman album title. Man, I just came up with yeah. that off the top of my head. That's impressive. <laughs> But uh, oh my God. that's, that's, that's that is keep impressive. this RB thing going. <laughs> <laughs>